What's up, you guys? It's your host, Anna. Welcome to this week's episode on Undereducated. Today, we're talking about how being educated can really make such a difference in your birth outcome. One mama, two drastically different birth stories. You don't want to miss this. Okay, you guys. So today I am here with Beth Connors. She is a certified nurse midwife out in Wisconsin, and we are going to dive into her birth experiences as well as this coaching that she is offering, which I think is just a fantastic resource to any woman who may be pregnant or be delivering a baby soon. So we're going to dive in. Beth, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you. Sure. Yeah. So I am Beth and I am a certified nurse midwife. Um, I am married to my wonderful husband. We have two little girls. One oldest is almost three. And then I have a six month old. Um, and really the past couple years, I have been working mostly in the hospital setting as a midwife or as a nurse and midwife um, in labor and delivery. So both in the rural setting and in high risk settings. So I've experienced a lot of different kinds of births and I really love obviously like the birth world and everything. Um, but recently I've like shifted my focus now to all about education and all about helping moms prepare and really support them during their pregnancy, their birth, and then definitely far beyond in the postpartum period. Cause that is full of transitions and all sorts of crazy things. Um, so really the support like doesn't stop there either. Um, because in my own experiences, I kind of missed that, um, connection and that, preparation um, in my first hospital birth. So I just really want to make sure that does not happen to anybody else and that they're fully informed and fully prepared. So that's really my my mission here with, with um, what I'm offering and what I'm doing now. And I love that because you can kind of grow and like build relationships with your clients based off your own experience and like how you want to you know, make it different for women around you. I think that so much comes from being able to relate to someone if you've kind of gone through it too. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like as someone who has had a baby, being able to connect with someone who is going through those same transitions and struggling to find, you know, themselves again or connect with their spouse again, or, you know, just step into motherhood and parenthood, being able to, you know, connect to someone who's been through it before and can kind of guide them through it, I think is so beneficial. So I love that you're doing that. I also didn't know that you had experience in both like rural care and high risk hospital care. I think that's so interesting. Tell me more about your like experience with rural birthing. Yes. Yeah. So that was mostly before I became a midwife as a nurse. That's kind of where I started initially. Um, It was an LDRP. So everything if you don't know what that is everything's like in the same room your labor your delivery recovery postpartum all of it's together and it was really an intimate setting for low low risk women um and i absolutely loved it and then i kind of i don't want to say got bored of it because it really was so amazing but i wanted to kind of increase my education to become a midwife so i 
wanted to take on those like higher risk preterm deliveries and working with um, moms with different issues during their pregnancy. So I decided to work in high risk setting then, um, which was super interesting and really challenging. And um, I loved that as well. Um, and you kind of got a little, like a little bit of everything. So that really prepared me then for my education as a midwife and career. So um, I think I learned a lot from both. So I really, um, they're both really valuable experiences for sure. Yeah. What an interesting background to have given yourself going into midwifery care, because I think, and this is just, I think, lame that this is out there, but I think there's kind of like a misconception of midwives, just like my opinion, but at least out here in Utah, like midwives sometimes get a bad rap because they might be like less educated than say an OBGYN. Sure. Or, you know what I mean? I feel like right. there's not a lot of understanding of what a midwife does and what a midwife can do as a delivering provider. And um, knowing that you as a midwife has had experience, not only in like the low risk, rural, almost like birth center, home birth ish. Exactly. Settings, and then, on into the like preeclamptic preterm severe situations that just diversifies you as a provider so much. And I bet has given you so much insight into how you kind of coach women through their pregnancies, because I'm sure you see it all. You see a whole spectrum of kind of health, health issues um, and being able to kind of draw on your past experience, I would imagine is really beneficial, but I don't know what has that yeah. helped you. No, totally is. I feel like even just like from the like education portion too of like making sure other people are aware kind of of what I do too is interesting because when I say that I'm a midwife, people will be like, oh, you know, you go to people's houses and you have water births and uh -huh. it's like really crunchy, um, which yeah. that aspect I absolutely love as well. Um, I, I'm not currently doing home births and I don't think I will ever be a home birth midwife. That's just not my thing. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, midwives work in hospitals. We are delivering providers. We are primary care providers, um, which a lot of people don't know. They kind of mix up being a midwife with being a doula. And there's definitely similar values there. But, you know, I have to educate people that doulas are not medically trained to give, you know, to diagnose and treat and assess patients. They are truly support, amazing support for women in labor. Um, but it's just not that medical side. Um, I actually don't even know how long it takes to become a doula, but I know it's much, like much shorter. Um, <laughs> I can tell you it's not midwifery school. <laughs> I know it's, it's shorter for sure, but like I went to, you know, four years of undergrad and then two years of my master's in nursing and then two years of an additional master's degree in midwifery. So um, a lot of like medical education and collaboration with OBGYNs. And it's really basically like treating the same, a similar spectrum of like obstetrics um, just without like the surgical component and some of those high risk things. So I think that's really interesting when people aren't aware of what I do and, you know, can educate them that way. So, um, yeah, having that high risk experience in the hospital definitely prepared me for school and for my career as midwife. So, yeah, I think definitely they both had their, um, benefits too. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, you know, just changing the conversation around that, I just think, like you said, I, in my experience, when I've spoken with women, they really do kind of believe that midwives just are a doula, you know, and I think, you know, so many women um, and delivering people out here 
could deliver with a midwife and have a much lower intervention birth than they may have if they choose to see an OBGYN. And that's just kind of the nature of your training and education is like you said, OBGYNs kind of are surgically minded. They think think to find the problems when midwives, in my opinion, and in my work experience with them, very much go with the flow, trust the process. And if there's an experience or an emergency, they intervene. And I think that kind of, you know, approach to pregnancy and birth really just allows for more positive outcomes, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious in the women that you've done your coaching with, how would you say they kind of have approached like their birth and their birth outcomes in like a mindset because sure. of like, the coaching they've received through like a midwifery model, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with like how society, you know, shows birth and how movies show birth and how people talk about it in, in this like traumatic, painful, scary, unknown situation. And that's just, I feel like how it's kind of come to be. Um, so I feel like I, ha- I get a lot of people that are very nervous and very like, confused on what's going to happen or have no idea what to expect um and have really like a like a more of like a trauma focus like I want to I want it to be like not traumatic versus like I want it to be the best experience ever like they just don't want to have a bad experience when like they're, they don't have goals for it to be up to the expectations that they have um so I think at first like setting those expectations with people and having them really figure out what they want and knowing that they can have the birth that they want um with the coaching that I do and with this, the resources and the training that I have. So I think like just shifting the mindset off of avoiding problems and like actually having a good experience, I think is like a, a the initial thing that needs to happen um, because birth is like a natural, normal process. And so many times it is without intervention and um, it, d- it doesn't have to be the norm to, you know, deliver in a hospital, lying on your back and, um, you know, it, it doesn't have to be like a, an intervention based experience. It can really be like a, a natural, personal, like enjoyable thing when people don't normally think of birth as being like an enjoyable thing. So, um, yes, yes. Really, yeah, help people kind of realize that. Yeah. And I think like to that point, one of the most common emotions that women I speak with express about like their upcoming birth is fear. And I think that's so sad personally. And obviously I have my own viewpoints about it and I am just different than most people probably in that I don't find it fearful. I don't, I'm not scared of birth and it could be that that's because it's my passion, but I hate that the conversation that's so prevalent today is this fear of giving birth and this fear of like the pain that's associated with it or the trauma that will absolutely ensue because they're having a baby when in reality you know that doesn't have to be the narrative it can be this beautiful thing and you know even in a birth that required intervention like it can still be a beautiful thing if you kind of know what to expect and have those expectations of you know this can be but I make it in a way (laughs) exactly yeah Um, even just like birthing in, in the hospital in general like 
people have fear around, you know, being in the hospital. And it's kind of come to be that because women are out of control. Like they feel like they're out of control. Um, it's like up to their provider or they're, you know, not educated or informed about things that are happening to them. And then of course that's a fearful and unexpected. Um, but really like educating people about what, what their, you know, what their experience can be in that hospital birth does not have to be, be scary. Um, cause I kind of said before, like, I'm not a home birth midwife. Um, cause I do feel safest in the hospital, not because, you know, I don't know what the statistics are, but that, you know, hospital births obviously have more intervention because it's available and like OBs are at the hospital and they're surgically, surgically trained. Um, but yeah, just really like being able to, to know that, you can labor in a hospital and basically make it what you want and just have those things available to you if you need. Um, Cause for me, that that's what I experienced my second delivery and is really just, you know, what I want for other women to, to be safe in a hospital without the interventions really. Yeah. Yeah. Which I love that you're promoting that. And I want to dive kind of into your birth stories. So with your first, did you see a midwife? Did you see an OBGYN kind of what was your, what was your birth experience? Yeah. So my first, um, was in a hospital, my whole prenatal care was with a midwife, but she, um, didn't do births at that point. So I was able to have her for my pregnancy, but unfortunately not for the delivery. So I kind of got whoever I got when I was at the hospital, it was a teaching hospital. So I had residents and students, um, which obviously I was a student myself once. So like not knocking students and residents and everything, but just overall the feel of being at the hospital was very non um, like individualized in that experience that I had. Um, so I did have like a very traumatic first birth. Um, and I can kind of like go into like details about what happened. Um, like initially I went to see my midwife and um in the clinic and I was six centimeters dilated and she was like, Oh my goodness, you're in active labor because technically six centimeters dilated is active labor <laughs> and did not have a contract, did not have one contraction, did not have any signs of labor, anything. Um, and she's like, you're going over to labor and delivery and you're going to have a baby. And I was like, okay, let's do this. It wasn't like discussed, nothing, you know, it wasn't my choice. I was like, this is what I'm doing. I don't have a choice. They're taking me over in a wheelchair and I'm not even in labor, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and then I got there and they broke my bag of water and obviously contractions came on super strong and I labored for like almost 10 hours. Um, oh my my bag of water, looking back, did not need to be broken at that point because I was not technically, like I was not actually in labor. You're not um, actively contracting? No, I was, it, was, it, was just, it was basically an induction at that point Yeah. Um, against like my knowledge. And I was like hooked up to the monitors and then it got so intense that I like wanted to lean over the, the, the head of the bed. Um, and I was kind of encouraged to lie on my back and then it was time to push. And I was lying on my back for four hours, unmedicated. They said it was like going to happen so fast. And it was just constantly like, you're almost there. You're almost done. But it was like four hours. So I felt like it was like four days. Oh, that, and that feels like four days. Like, yeah, it totally <laughs> did. And just and like nobody telling me how to move. And my husband, like we took a hospital birth course together and we, you know, did different things to prepare. I felt confident going in, but then in the moment I was, I didn't know what to do. And I thought other people were going to help me, you know, do that. Um, so yeah, I ended up having a vacuum assisted delivery because after four hours of pushing, they threatened me to have a C-section and I was like, well, a vacuum is better than a C-section. I wasn't really educated on either of those. 
Um, thank goodness my baby was okay and I was mostly okay. I was kind of torn up. <laughs> yeah, um, I I'm I mean like you obviously don't have to share, but I'm assuming you probably had some pretty severe tearing. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I was I had a second degree tear and they almost couldn't repair it because I was had so much un, uh, so uncomfortable, didn't have an epidural and having that repaired um, from the vacuum was just really excruciating. My baby was almost 11 pounds. So she separated my pelvis as she came out, um, which I didn't know until much later. Um, Cause I couldn't walk for a while and didn't get a hold of my baby right away. She was not placed onto my chest, even though she was, you know, healthy and okay. Um, there were so many things that I didn't know. They gave me medication for to stop bleeding because I was hemorrhaging from the, the vacuum and the pushing. Um, and I actually requested my birth records before I had my second baby because I didn't know what happened in my first delivery, honestly. Um, and that is like a terrible thing that I didn't know what happened to me. But then looking back, I read every single note. And now that I'm educated and like a provider myself, I was like, well, this could have been avoided. This could have been avoided if I would have just really from the first place said, no, I'm not going to labor and delivery. I'm six centimeters, but I don't have any contractions. I will come back, you know? Yeah. Um, so like knowing that now with my second delivery, the exact same thing happened. Um, and my, I had a midwife at that point with my second baby. And she was like, well, yeah, you're six centimeters, but you have no, no contractions. And like, I'm not sending you to labor and delivery. She's like, call me when you're in labor. And then the next day I saw her for a membrane sweep. And she's like, well, you're seven, but you're still not in labor. So go home. Um, and I was like, this is wild. Even like being a, like a provider myself, I was like, I don't, I and mean, I think I've seen it two other times, but other than that, like it doesn't happen very often. No, so I like have, I have never heard of such a thing. Ever. Yeah, it's wild. Like, I'm, I'm curious. Has anybody ever like diagnosed you? Diagnosed might be the wrong word, but like told you, you may have like an incompetent cervix, you know, like but Did that ever know. come into the conversation? No, but I did look it up myself, like lots of research. And I was like, what could this be? Like, what is wrong with my body that I go like so dilated without um, yeah. being in labor? And there's like something I can't really, I don't really have an answer, but it's like about advanced dilation. And I don't know if it has something to do with like my babies being big and putting more pressure on my cervix. Yeah. Um, like my first was almost 11. My second was nine, a little over nine. Um, and Big something babies. like at the end, of, yeah, at the end of labor, like all that pressure, like, oh. I don't know. Cause then as soon as my water broke with my, or as soon as they broke my water, cause actually with the second baby, um, they said I could go home and I actually called my midwife and I said, you know, I'm ready to be induced at this point. Like I'm seven centimeters. Like, let's just stop. <laughs> I've had a yeah, you're like, I'm pretty much there. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I could, yeah, let's just have a baby. And so I went to labor and delivery and they broke my bag. And 45 minutes later, I had my baby in my arms um in a water birth so like that but that was my choice and I was ready for it and that was like the greatest thing that could have happened um yeah but it was definitely like wild how the same thing happened both times but super different experiences with two different you know hospital healthcare teams different prep, like preparedness for both and um yeah, so I'm glad I had that like redemption birth <laughs> for sure. Totally. And and we'll dive into that in just a sec. I'm just I think so much of even just this conversation we're having embodies kind of what this podcast is to me and is that that's when you have a little more education, you can make decisions that really change your outcome. Right. And like you said, you looked over the birth notes from your first birth and you were like, "What the heck? Like I didn't even know that happened." 
like mm-hmm. that shouldn't have happened. Like there could have been this, 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 that like, if I had only known. Right. You know? And then walking into your second birth where technically you were pretty much in the same situation, right? You're seven dilated, and you could have gone in and had your bag of waters broken and been in the same situation or like you had had this amazing experience, but you were able to go home. You were able to, you know, mentally prepare to go into this experience. Your body, your body was ready with this one. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. Yeah. Like just that mindset was different for sure. Like it wasn't just these are the steps, you know, like how hospital like births can be like very much like, let's just kind of check you off, you know, get you delivered or whatever they say. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, it was really up to me and I, I did end up like technically getting induced with my second, they just broke my bag of water, which is a form of like induction, um, because I wasn't technically in labor, but that was on my terms, you know, um, I was a little bit afraid at the time because I was like, well, you know, how scary things were the first time um but I don't know something just like felt different like I felt like I had the people around me that knew like my plan and um you know it wasn't just like on a whim like you know let's just let's just see what happens kind of thing it was more of like a planned thing that was you know um I had you know planned the water birth and the midwives knew what I wanted and like the one thing that I knew I wanted, I was like, don't take this away from me is that as long as my baby is healthy, please let me hold my baby right away. Because that was one thing I was like, completely missed that golden hour with my first and she was fine. Um, so that was kind of like one thing I was for sure, like, don't take my baby from me. Um, so I did get that. And that was like the best thing ever. So. Which I love that for you. And I think that's, I, I hate that that happens, that when a baby doesn't need to be taken from their mom like they miss that time together that like critical golden hour like that's what we call it in our in the facility I used to work at is you know this golden hour where they spend time really connecting with you it can stimulate your milk supply if you're breastfeeding it can be like the amazing start to this next couple of weeks of breastfeeding there are so many things like temperature regulation you know all these things that are so beneficial for both mother and baby when that skin to skin is implemented, like as soon after birth as possible. And, you know, having the opportunity to have that experience the second time around, I am just so thrilled for you because, you know, missing out on that would be extremely difficult. I can only imagine. Mm -hmm. Um, And you mentioned that like you had always planned to have a water birth this second time. So what was your like, logic and like why were you drawn to a water birth after your first experience yeah so it was was actually kind of cool because even before I had my first baby and like before I even wanted to get pregnant I was always like a water birth would be cool like it was always like a a home birth water birth would be like awesome but then I I kind of mentioned before I didn't really feel comfortable at home totally um but I was like why couldn't I have a water birth in the hospital and then I realized that that wasn't actually like a thing I mean um I'm in Wisconsin and there's really no hospitals around here that do that regularly. But the hospital that I delivered at um, was actually doing a water birth study. So they were taking, I don't, I don't even know the number, but I think 40 women or something like that um, to kind of be, to see, to see if the outcomes of having a water birth were similar as like a land birth. And um so I was actually picked to be part of that study and I was so grateful to be in the group that was actually like allowed to, to um, birth in the tub. 
So that was like the plan from the time I was like 28 weeks, I was enrolled in that. Um, otherwise I would have probably just had like, or like been in the tub, but not actually birthed in the tub because in a hospital, a lot of times you have to like stand up and then deliver your baby for it to like not count against the midwives for like their policy, um, which is kind of crazy, but they're not allowed to usually do like water birth otherwise. Um, so having the ability to be part of that study was then like my actual like dream to be able to be in a hospital and have a water birth. So then, yeah, throughout the rest of my pregnancy, I was kind of just preparing for that and knowing that that was the goal. Um, and they didn't like obviously force you to birth in the tub being part of the water birth yeah, study, yeah. but it was like, this is the option that you're actually able to do that. And for me, yeah, I had her in the, in the water and um, it was a really cool experience then to be in the hospital too. Yeah. And I, like you said, I, I was really surprised when I started working in labor and delivery. And as I like had my first baby um, to find out that, a lot of the hospital facilities here in Utah as well only allow you to use the tub for like hydrotherapy. They don't actually right. allow you to deliver in the tub. Which right. like, I was always like, what? Like, why? We're asking someone who's literally like complete and mm-hmm. to stand up and go to the bed. Like, yeah. It, it <laughs> or on the floor is- next to the tub that's like not even in their room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm like, they can't walk to the bed. Like, they won't make it. You know what I mean? No, like, of course so- not. Right. <laughs> doesn't make any sense but it's easier to train the midwives to give you know make more sense to train the midwives to have a water birth (laughs) than get the woman out of the tub and I do think that that will slowly change I love to hear that this study was happening and that you know we're moving more towards this as a way of birth in the hospital because I feel like especially right now it's only offered in like a birth center setting or in a home birth setting Right. And for those who, you know, hope to have a low intervention, unmedicated birth and like want a water birth, but don't feel comfortable to birth outside the hospital, it like, you know, that can be very limiting and feel really, I don't know, like devastating kind of to not right. be able to even have the option. Right. You know? it's, yeah, it should be an, an option for sure, especially with, you know, like the 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 research out there with like the benefits of it, you know, not only for pain management with so obviously my, my labor was only 45 minutes. So I didn't really get to like have the full experience of contractions getting stronger and stronger. Um, and like really utilizing that a lot for pain management, but at the end of like, when I started to push, like I could feel a difference just having experienced, um, a birth before that the water did take away like that pressure, a little bit of the pressure, a little bit more of like the burning that away. Um, so it, it can help with like pain management from contractions too, when you're like, not complete and pushing um, to help you get through your labor. And then it can reduce tearing. It can make your labor shorter, which is awesome. Um, and just like more relaxed. And for me, it was a lot about like, the boundary too of the tub. Um, it was like, it was my own space. Like nobody was in the water with me. <laughs> I was, you know, mm-hmm. you know, no one was like doing exams or, you know, nothing. Like I wasn't, I was in my own space. No one was like really touching me. It was very, like I could really focus inwardly on the experience and get through that like super hard, you know, last little bit where, you know, you don't think you can do it anymore and then you just do. Um, yes. So, so yeah, I feel like that there's just so many benefits that it's like a no brainer to me that if we can prove that it's just as safe, which we pretty much know it is, um, you know, to have it be an option and to train more people to be able to do, to do water births. So 
we can be confident and it can be an option for everybody. Yeah, which I think, like you said, I think confidence is key, honestly, for both parties, because as, you know, a, a mother who's delivering, you obviously want to have complete trust in your delivering provider and you want to believe the best and believe that your birth is going to go exactly how you plan and it's not going need, to need any intervention, anything like that. But right. you also want to have that complete confidence in your provider that if something were to go wrong, like they'd know what to do. Right. That's why you picked them. Exactly. And I hope that as we kind of move forward in the next couple of years, that delivering providers get more of a chance to dip their toes in water birth. Because then when these women come in and are hoping to have these birth experiences, both parties can be confident knowing that it's going to be okay. And I feel like that's almost half of the battle right now is that these providers, and obviously with great intention are, you know, doing what they feel they are doing to keep their patients safe. But really it could be that they might just feel uncomfortable. (laughs) And I'm, I'm totally putting words in people's mouth. No one has ever verbalized that to me, but I would imagine that they have just done birth in, you know, their way for however long they've been practicing. And the idea of like, opening the door to this new birth way, this new right. setting is scary. You know, they're yeah. like, I don't want to go change. back. Yeah. yeah. It's different. Like it's totally different. Um, I mean, a lot of it's the same, but there's, it is like a totally different thing. So mm-hmm. I would love to see that for sure. And I hope that as you through your coaching and as, you know, we just as women and people continue to educate ourselves and become more opinionated <laughs> about, <laughs> our, about our health journeys that, you know, we start to see this change within the healthcare system where our voices really do matter and we can achieve the outcomes we want in a safe and supported way, you know. Exactly. Um, I just, in kind of closing, I don't know if there's anything else you want to talk about, but I am just kind of curious when you're, when you're coaching these women um, and I assume you probably work with women who both want medicated and unmedicated births. Am I? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's pretty split. Yeah. Cause I'm, I mean, I do believe there is kind of a rage of like having unmedicated births right now, but I feel like women are still kind of going both ways, which is fantastic. Um, but what do you find is kind of like the best advice you could give to a birthing woman, no matter what their birth plan looks like, what do you kind of do to help them feel prepared going into this new experience? What's, what's your biggest piece that you just give them? I feel like focusing more on so many people focus on like not making a birth plan or saying something like, you know, birth is unpredictable. Like we always hear like your birth plan isn't going to go how you like want it to or whatever. But like, I truly like deep down believe that if you have enough knowledge and have prepared the way that you feel confident for, you can absolutely have a predictable birth. Yeah. There's things that might come up, but that doesn't mean it's unpredictable. Like you can still prepare for interventions to happen if, if, or when they become medically necessary um, instead of you know, having something be out of your control. I feel like that is so common for like we talked about like fear and like the fear of intervention or the fear of 
an, an emergency happening, like that's all is there and that's all absolutely possible. Um, we hope it's not going to happen that way, but it doesn't mean that it can be unpredictable. Like I have a module in my online course that talks about all the different um, common complications of delivery, because I think it's important to know about them. Like I had no idea about, about a vacuum assisted delivery and what the risks were for that. And honestly, my provider in the moment didn't tell me though about those risks. Um, so I think it's just, it's important to know, you know, about things like that or about what a shoulder dystocia is, because I've had women that have had a shoulder dystocia where maybe you get stuck and it's traumatic for them. But even if you kind of know just briefly what to expect, like someone's going to jump on your bed and, you know, yeah, like it, even if you just know like a little bit about something, it's not what you predicted, but it's still not like completely out of your control. Like you had an idea that something could happen having like little bits of information in the back of your mind about different stuff like that can hopefully help reduce trauma. And then, um, yeah. So I, I think just like, that's like probably the biggest piece is like, don't be afraid to plan your birth and set those expectations. Um, because it really doesn't have to be as like unpredictable or scary or, you know, as people come have it come across, um, that would probably be my, like my biggest advice. Definitely make a birth plan. <laughs> Just like Beth said, I am a huge fan of birth plans. I think being informed about how your body is changing during pregnancy and understanding the physiology of the birth process is so powerful when it comes to approaching your birth and kind of manifesting your birth outcome. Knowing what could or couldn't happen and knowing, you know, how your body is going to be working to birth this baby helps you work together. You can accomplish your birth plans. And when you choose to be informed and do a little bit of research and learning beforehand, if something does come up, at least you're not blindsided. You know you always have a choice. You know you always have a say. And you hope that you have chosen a birthing provider that has your best interests at heart, which I genuinely believe that you know, most people who work in this industry really do. They want you to have the most positive birth experience and outcome that you can have. And knowing that, you know, you've chosen the right provider, you can speak up for yourself, and that you don't have to be blindsided by your experience can give you, you know, that peace of mind going into your birth and your pregnancy. If you're interested in Beth's coaching, check her out on Instagram at bethconnors underscore cnm where she is constantly sharing different tidbits of information and tips for labor and birth, as well as obviously offering her coaching opportunities. She is fantastic, and the wealth of knowledge she has to share is definitely worth your time and looking into if you want to take control of your birth and your experience. If you're not already, follow me along on Instagram and TikTok at undereducated.pod, and you know what to do. Catch us here next week for another episode.